Right, is that better? We're we're in the camp together. Good, excellent. So, I've decided to speak on something a little bit different. Um, And, you know, you sort of get hold of quite a bit of revelation when God takes you into a place. And um, I think it was about one o'clock this morning that it all came together. Um, So, forgive forgive me if it's not quite finished perfectly. But I really believe that fundamentally this morning, God um, has given me something that is um, really real and really relevant. So, um, hear what I'm saying, please don't hear what I'm not saying. Alright? Alright. God wants to. Well, I can cope with it. Right. Wonderful. Good. Right. I think it was God trying to join in. (laughs) Right. Okay. So. Matthew chapter 11 so and I'm just going to read the first six verses and we might dip into another bit we'll just see how we go so when Jesus had finished giving instructions to his 12 he departed from there to teach and preach in their cities now when John um, while imprisoned heard of the works of Christ he sent word by his disciples and said to him Are you the expected one, or shall we look for someone else? Jesus answered and said, Go and report to John what you hear and see. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preach to them and blessed is he who does not take offence at me wool 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 wow what a chapter eh and that's just the first six verses so here we are I want you to picture the situation John the Baptist most people know something about John the Baptist probably most famous of all John the Baptist did what he baptised. We're, we're pretty good. We're on the same level this morning. But he didn't just baptise. He baptised the most significant person in the world. He actually baptised Jesus. And I want you to go back just a little bit. And we're going to go, I say go back, but go back in history a little bit to John chapter 1. And we will be in and out today. John chapter 1, verse 29. And this is just before Jesus is baptised. So this is the John that we're talking about that says in verse 29 of chapter chapter 1, the next day um, John saw Jesus coming to him and said... Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Now, this is John the Baptist 
testifying, right? And this is the first time he sees Jesus, right? And without needing a star over his head or anything like that, he finally knows that this person, right, is the Christ, the living God. Right? He had that knowledge before he even baptised him. So powerful stuff. So we're talking about a man that is really, really connected to God and really clearly sees Jesus. And then it goes on when he baptises. And then obviously John gets to testify the whole um, of Jesus being baptised. And then um, I've seen the Spirit descending as a dove out of heaven and he remained on him. So he didn't just see him before he got baptised. Afterwards, he had a massive revelation, right, as Jesus is honoured by his Father for all to see. So this is the person we're talking about. And all of a sudden, right, that's the nice bit of the story, and today we're going to deal with the horrible bit of the story. John the Baptist, he's in prison. Alright? So, a bit of real life is going to come to, to Woolwich today, right? Because sometimes we like the really nice bits, but actually we have to deal with the bits of reality where, you know, the greatest man before Jesus came, right? The person that came to proclaim that Jesus was coming and to tell the world that they needed to be, repent and needed right to be saved that's what his job was and all of a sudden we find John in prison right waiting to be headed gory stuff but I want us to look at right what John did differently what how John was thinking and I suppose we just need to understand just how important it is that John knew who Jesus was. And that's what would have carried him through the prison experience. And we need to know this about Jesus, that whether you're in prison or whether you're out of prison, whether you're on a mountain top, Jesus doesn't change. And so John's in prison and he needs to ask the question, is this the one? And we need to really understand the answer to the question. The answer to the question, right, was really, really simple from Jesus. Right? What, let's, let's have a look clearly what he said. Jesus answered and said to them, go and report to John what you have heard and see. And then, obviously went on to say, this is what's going on, just go and tell John that. Right? Jesus doesn't go to prison and see John, but he's already proclaimed that he'll set the captives free. He doesn't go to see John in his hour of need. He sends the disciples to go and say, 
what they hear and what they see. And what's more important in what he tells the disciples to go and say, what's more important is what Jesus doesn't say. And quite often, whether we like it or not, what we do in situations where dire straits, and you can't get more dire than being in prison waiting to have your head chopped off. Let's, let's face reality. What we quite often do is we try and justify right, why the situation has occurred and we give some sort of glowing thing, well, you know, if it's meant to be, then perhaps it's not quite, you know. And before we know it, we're justifying something and speaking total rubbish into a situation because it's not true. And we need to be so careful that we don't speak into situations where actually we haven't been told what's going on. And Jesus clearly, all he could do in that situation was say to the disciples, go and tell him what you see. Right? Because the sort of person that John was, actually he would have been very encouraged by the fact that Jesus, the person that he knew was the Messiah, right, was starting to do wonderful stuff. He would have been encouraged by that in his place of desperation. But what John didn't need was a theory about why he was there. He didn't need to know that because he knew where he was. And quite often we get into this, this whole position where we try and justify why something's wrong. And we have to learn the simple words sometimes in the church. When something happens, we have to learn the simple truth that sometimes we just don't know. And it's the most freeing thing you can say as a leader in the church. Sorry, I just don't know. But the problem is, people will look to leadership to have an answer. And then we feel justified that we should really sort of say something just to fill the gap. And as long as we're looking at the problem and we're trying to work it out... Right? Whose brains are we using for crying out loud? Right? We need to use and we need to focus on who he is at times like that. And not what the crisis is. Right? And it's hard. I know it's tough. Right? I've been through a few circumstances in my life. And I know there's a lot of people sitting in this room that have gone through a lot of rubbish. But focusing on it isn't going to change it. Focusing on him, right, who is able, will change the situation. Alright? And not always, perhaps, the way we want it. But we have to understand that Jesus doesn't change. He's the same yesterday, today and forever. And he does preach a kingdom of good news that raises the dead that, that makes the blind see and the deaf hear 
and we're sitting there thinking, well, why doesn't he do it? I don't know. But I really don't know. Why don't we see more captives set free? Why doesn't he just deal with it? Well, actually, here's a revelation. Actually, if we really wanted him to deal with it, what would he have to do? He'd have to kill everyone that sinned. That's what he'd have to do. Because that's what happens. Everything that goes wrong is a consequence of sin. Right? So he'd have to just kill us all. So we have to be careful what we want. But what we do have to focus on is the Jesus that is the same yesterday, today and forever. And we have to get out of this world where we say, what will be, will be. You know, well, perhaps it wasn't meant to be. You know, if that's true, all I need to do is go home and sleep. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, there's no point, is there? But I, I don't think that's how God wants us to operate. God wants us to seek his face like never before. He wants us to connect with him. And he wants us to live in a freedom... Right? where we look at Jesus more and the tools that he's given us rather than at the problem that we face. And by looking at the problem, we waste energy, we waste, right? and we start to be discouraged, we start to hit rock bottom. When we keep looking back at the problem, now that doesn't mean we live in a total denial of something going on, but... What we must watch out for is what it says in verse 6. And blessed is he who does not take offence at me. Alright? It's not in Jesus' DNA to give out sickness. It's not in Jesus' DNA to cause disruption. He can't do what he hasn't got. It's not his fault. And quite often when we focus at the problem... We start, yeah, in our inner being to start blaming God. We don't mean to do it, but actually we start to shift into that culture where we just need to blame someone. But let me remind you, it is not in Jesus' DNA to cause sickness. He can't give out what he hasn't got. All right? And there's certain things that Jesus hasn't got, 100%. He hasn't got sickness, he hasn't got blindness, he hasn't got depression. He hasn't got any of those things. So he can't give them out. And we have to understand where they come from. They come from the pit. But the more we focus on the pit, the less we focus on Jesus. And we have to start realising that our God is a God that heals. He is a God that raises the dead. He is a God Right? But what we do is, because it doesn't happen, we try and put something else in its place. And quite often it's a lot of words. And all I would say to you is, if Jesus hasn't got an opinion, why are we trying to make up for it? Why are we trying to put in some words in the place of silence? Do you know, even the business world nowadays realises the power of silence. Do you know, we get our best deals in Sainsbury's, Right? By going in with our suppliers and saying absolutely nothing. <laughs> Seriously. Absolutely nothing. 
So why do we talk all the time for crying out loud? Do you understand what I'm saying? So if the business world can understand the power of silence, then we have to understand. If God's not saying anything, it's because he doesn't want you to know anything about that situation. So why not spend your time listening to what God is saying about a current situation that's real and that needs to be sorted and wants he wants you to be involved in? Wow, what an exciting life it would be! Do you know what I mean? All of a sudden we'd forget to focus on all the negatives and we'd start to be focusing on, whoa, Jesus is going this way. Whoa, wouldn't that be exciting every week? We wouldn't know where we were coming or going, would we? It'd be fantastic. But understand what I'm saying. That we have to stop filling in the spaces. If there's a space there, right, it's for a purpose. And it might be that we need to dig in and we need to get closer to God. But don't substitute silence, all right, for our words. Because sometimes Jesus just doesn't need to say anything, all right? You look at the times in the Bible where he really speaks into a situation really, really clearly. And other times he might quote a few verses and say, go off and do it then. You know what to do, go and do it. You know, sometimes he's a man of many words, and other times he just like, just, what was it with the, the woman that, that didn't do what she was supposed to be doing and was off with the blokes? What did he do? He just, he just drew a picture in the sand. Yeah? Do you know, all of us would have had a few more words than that, wouldn't we? You know, with the church. But Jesus is different. You know, Lazarus, his best mate. Oh, I'll just hang around for another two days and then I'll go and sort the problem out. Yeah, you know, on our agenda we have a very different thing. But don't try and do something that Jesus isn't doing. Because you waste your energy, you waste your power, right? And you, you, you just, what's the point? We really need to understand this. This is so releasing. I only just got it at one o'clock in the morning. You think what this is going to do to my week next week. It's a good job I'm off, I tell you. Otherwise work would not know where, what had hit them. But I suppose what we have to understand is John the Baptist, right, when he came, he came and he was very much, um, he was very much repeated um, sort of from coming and saying repent and do this and don't do this and don't do that and Jesus comes in and brings freedom and life through the most powerful quiet statement you can ever make dying on a cross how many words were spoken at that point how many words were spoken at that point not a lot how powerful it's amazing the more you think about it the more the power of the revelation of what Jesus didn't say is just as important as what he did say. It's, it's like a breath of fresh air to suddenly be able to say to somebody, and I think back in my childhood, you know, I was part of a church for years, I mean years. I used to sit at the back, I was one of those kids that sat at the back, fell asleep, right, and thought, hurry up, preacher, finish, right? And I, but as I grew up, right, in the church, I sort of got in this awkward position where 
if my dad who was the pastor said something and the congregation didn't quite get it or they didn't quite want it right they'd come and ask my opinion and I'd feel obliged to give an opinion that was slightly different right and I've, lo- I've looked back and I've thought flipping it wouldn't it have been just so powerful to say I just don't know you know just connect with God right just, just listen to what he's saying but actually because someone's come to ask you and they think you think oh I'm quite special someone's come to ask my opinion alright but be very very careful of where power trips take you you know because actually the most powerful thing we can say sometimes is we just don't know you know we just don't know why some disasters happen it doesn't mean we shouldn't be praying for them but if we focus right, on the disaster then really we're not focusing on the tools that we have that God gives us to help in those situations and let me say this I think where we find the tools is that place of intimacy we don't find it in the sort of thou shalt not do this and thou shalt not do that we find the tools in a place of intimacy in Jesus and it's a powerful place to go into intimacy and shut up and just listen it's so so powerful just to listen to the word of God and just to hear what he is saying to you at this present moment in time he loves you so much and we we, we, we even have a but on the end of that you know he loves you end of conversation yeah not because this happened or that happened or why did this or why did that yeah who's, who's happy that you're thinking why this then and why that then yeah the only person that gets a buzz out of that is the enemy why give him the satisfaction he doesn't deserve to your time of day he really doesn't so focus on the person that wants to have intimacy with you he loves you desperately and if ever I've learned anything this week it's just how much God loves me and I'm okay with that and I hope you're okay with that because he loves you he loves you in a very very unique and special way and he's got tools that are specially for you specially for you to do something very very special but as long as you focus on the rubbish and as long as you focus yeah on the stuff that we don't need to focus on the deeper you go into that whole negative stuff but let me make sure you don't forget <coughs> it's not in Jesus's DNA to give out anything that is contrary to blessing all right it's a hundred percent you find it in the Bible I'll, I'll, I'll buy you a pint all right it's just not in there seriously it's not in there let's get real Jesus only gives out good things and I suppose the question that is in everyone's head right so how do we take this forward so let's be real so someone's really ill how do we take this forward we pray and we keep praying and we keep praying but we keep listening and we keep listening and we keep listening but we don't for one moment stop and go well it weren't meant to be that's a load of rubbish it's a lie alright and it's that 
means bringing this to life is Jesus wants to heal today. Yeah. Right? He wants to heal today. And you're thinking, but, but okay, so, all right, but he doesn't heal today all the time. Well, then perhaps it's tomorrow, but you keep praying to the God that wants to heal today, instead of focusing on the fact that he hasn't healed today. Now, I do like things simple, and that is very, very simple, and I don't ever want to patronise anyone, but I have to get out of this whole thing of why doesn't God do it? Because I don't understand it totally. But in, in my wasting time to find out why, I could have spent a lot more energy just falling in love with God. Right? And when I fall in love with God, right, what does that do? It makes me be different in this world. It makes me connect into situations where God needs to connect. It makes me a powerful weapon in his hand. Intimacy is everything. Everything. You know, uh, and some of you might be sitting here and saying, well, you know, but, but we need to put on the full armour of God every day. I say don't take it off. All right? Yeah, don't take it off. No, absolutely crazy to be putting it on every day. Don't take it off. All right? But one thing you do need to do every day is have intimacy with Jesus. Really mean that. I really recommend it. And do you, know, do you know, at the moment, I can't get enough of it. I had to go for a walk in the woods today. I tell you, <laughs> some weird people walk past me. No, they probably thought I was weird. <laughs> so, some, sometimes you sort of like try to pretend you're talking on your phone or something because, you know, it's quite common now to walk around and look as if you're, do you know, they do it work. I think, oh, are you talking to me or you, you know? And of course, you know, you can have a little speaker, but I, I just, uh, I'm not really that fussed what people think, to be quite honest. So, I just got one more, one more thought process. So, what, what gets in the way? What, what gets in the way? And you know, I think one of the biggest blockers is disappointment. And our problem is, disappointment's like glue to some of us. We feel comfortable with it. Gives us an identity. Yeah. And, and it, it gives us a sort of reason for someone to sort of care about us and love us and feel a little bit, you know, sorry for us. Do you know what I mean? We can all get wrapped up in it. Right? It's from the pit. We have to understand that. So if you're going to wrap yourself up in it, yeah, you're wrapping yourself up with stuff from the pit, you don't really need to do it. All right? And whatever that disappointment is, right, however serious it is, yeah, if you carry on with it for another day, it's just going to make you worse because it will eat at you. And the problem is, some people carry it around for years. And I mean years. And I suppose the only thing that I can say is, I don't understand your disappointment. don't understand it at all. But guess what? I know somebody that does. But the deal is, he wants to take it lock, stock and barrel. Yeah, 
And you, you, can't, you can't say to God, I want you to deal with my disappointment, but keep it in your back pocket. You just can't do that. All right? Because it will grow and grow and grow and grow again. You have to deal with it. You know, if ever there was a guy that should have been disappointed, right, it was John the Baptist. Yeah? He had a pretty good innings to end like he ended, didn't he? He did a lot of stuff. But I'm sure he's in glory now. And I'm sure he's having a whale of a time. And I can't wait to meet the guy. Hallelujah. I really can't wait to meet him because I've got a few questions for him. Because I tell you what, he, he had a lifestyle that was absolutely significant for the kingdom of God. And I'd like to be remembered for an absolute lifestyle that's significant for God and not for my disappointment, not for my hurt, not for my pain, not for you don't understand my childhood. I really seriously mean this. We have to deal with it if we want to carry on. All right? And it is tough. And it, it, sometimes it just goes. And sometimes it, it's a gradual process as we let go of stuff. But the longer you carry it, the more it eats you. So, Father, I just thank you that, Lord, you said... Thank you for listening to our podcast today. You may have been a Christian for a long time, or you may be exploring the possibilities of a relationship with God. Wherever you are in your journey of life, please feel free to contact us at Woolwich Community Church if you would like any further information on today's message. We will be happy to talk with you, pray with you, and help you in any way we can. Please see the information below in our bio on how to get in touch with us. Have a blessed week and God bless.